Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sabrina. Okay, usually Cody is with me every week, but he is on paternity leave because they finally had their baby on Sunday, September 9th. So welcome, baby Graham, to the world, everybody. If you know Cody, please congratulate him. Oh my god, Graham is such a good name. Still congratulating. Yeah, Graham is a great name. And I'm, like, really excited. I'm now at the age where all of my friends are having babies. I'm a little jealous now because now that I know somebody else got that name, now, you can now I know I can't use it. Uh, I'm slowly running out of good uh, boy names. Um, I already decided on my girl names, but I have no idea what I'm going to name a boy. I, I'm going to keep all of my names hidden so no one steals them from me. And if someone does, I'm just going to have to take their child from them. Um <laughs> casual kidnapping talk so how have you been doing yes sabrina oh my god uh things have been crazy uh i have a house full of children now so i have a one-up on cody i'm doing this despite children (laughs) ha 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 to you um but other than that things are going pretty good um please forgive the sniffles i have a cold but i'm very excited to make a partially created world and end up quickly abandon it and also, I think this whole setup is hilarious because, like, I let Cody go <laughs> on leave because he just had a child. And that you already have multiple children at your house. And it's just like, yeah, the guy is like, oh, yeah, Cody can't do it because he has one. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Well, okay. To be fair, like, most of my children are self-sufficient. And when they're down for bed, they're down for bed. So an infant does not care if you're in the middle of recording. They demand attention immediately or you will hear them scream for all eternity. I just, I told him just to like figure out a way to train the child to fall asleep to the sound of his voice like at this age. But it's probably not going to work like that. (laughs) Unfortunately not. Yeah. Anyways, last week, Cody and I, oh yeah. I do remember this this time. Lastly, Cody and I did a deconstruction of Magic and Science World, which is actually perfect. So we didn't create one last world, and then he had to leave. So we are on a new list of five worlds in his absence, probably. Maybe. Who knows? Um, this week, we Cody rolled, all out outside of recording, Cody rolled the world of um, sentient human objects. I think that's correct. And... Yes. Yeah, sentient human objects. And um, so we have to do that this week. Are are you ready for... Yeah. Are you ready for this? Because this is your first time on the show. Uh, I admit I'm probably not as prepared as I should be, but I figure I can BS my way through it uh, as I get used to the format and all that. <laughs> um, I admit, like, I was really... Yeah, I was really worried about this uh, prompt, but I feel like... Uh, I was able to come up with something, so at least we have something to test this this whole thing out with me. It'll it'll be fine because I over prepare usually, and for this one time, I actually did not. I don't have a gigantic world as usual. I think comparatively, but I love your worlds, Jordan. <laughs> You're my favorite. Comparatively, this is short, except for my society history, as always, is very long it's not nearly as long as magic and science which i you should listen to that episode because i'm actually proud of myself for that one i promise to start catching up again so i guess you have a die out because we're gonna roll for initiative so absolutely Ah. not uh but i can pull up a (laughs) 
a dice roller you said on my phone. Absolutely. And I was like, like super pumped. I'm like, wow, she came super prepared. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I wish I was that prepared. I now regret it that I didn't go grab my dice because I forgot the rolling of initiative happens on both sides. Yeah. Not just on yours. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's different now. You're no longer the DM of this world. This is my domain. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. I would normally have a bag full of them, and I don't right now. And I feel a little, a little, little uh, unprepared and unready for life. Um, but just understand that if I feel like I made a fool of myself, I have the right to strike down your character with a yeah, bolt it's of fine. lightning. <laughs> I, you won't hit me with the bolt of lightning. <laughs> I, which is great yeah. because you, I, I, as I we prepare, I we. We did, we fought in our D&D campaign that we do. I survived a beholder's strike like three or four times. Oh my god, you rolled so well, I nearly lost my mind. Meanwhile, the character who wasn't there almost got solidified into a petrified state, which I think was yeah. the funniest thing. Is you're not here, by the way, your character is gone. <laughs> like, oh yeah, day. welcome back, your character died. <laughs> Yeah, no one can cast Greater Restoration without a Cleric anymore. Oops. The best we can do is a Lesser Restoration by some of our uh, bigger healers. As long as they've, you know, chosen them ahead of time with their level. Otherwise, they don't even have that yeah, I think I them. have, um, like, um, Healing Word. Some, one of the very weak healing spells, I think that's what I have. Paladin, by the way. But the thing is... No, no, you just have the, uh... You just have the Paladin's healing ability. I, you don't even have I any thought I had spells. one. You just, huh. nope, well, not to my knowledge. I don't think paladins have the access to healing word. Well, sucks for the rest of our team. But actually, I bought like a deck of the Absolutely. paladin cards, which I'm really excited for. So I don't have to keep flipping through the book. Oh, I yeah, love no, those things. Very handy. But anyways, are you ready to roll? Um, you oh, do. You could have access to a uh, healing aura. I don't know what it's uh, called. Yeah, but I think you could use that. If you're, you just they yeah, just have to be within feet. ten feet of you. We're going to get less pop culture, more D&D as we do episodes like this. Absolutely. Uh, That's the only thing I care so about. I'm excited for the rest of the I did roll okay, a D20, yep, I'll though. I'll go ahead and roll. Oh, my God. Well, you're going first. I take it you yep. rolled a net one. I rolled one. I rolled that same number, but add a zero at the end. Oh, I rolled a ten. Come on. So I was middle of the pack. I, was, I wasn't sure. So now I'm Yeah, that means you first. have to go first. So welcome to the show. You're going first. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> I'm so not ready for this. Uh, I wanted you to... Well, you know what, though? You can take up the whole the rest of the time, and that's fine. Uh, because I don't have a whole lot so, uh, ready. Well, I okay, have... So we're going anyway. to do this... Like, I, Oh, yeah, you missed the live show. But we're going to do it So um, back and forth. So you're going to do your world geography first, and then I'll talk about mine. And back oh, and forth. So okay, hopefully okay, you okay. split your world up like that. Uh, I don't have a document in front of me. I'm oh, getting this all off out of my ass. Jeez, uh, you and Mel. Okay, no, special. okay, to be fair, <laughs> I have been up all night for the past three or four nights, and every time I do that, I can't stop thinking about okay, this well, world. And I mean, like, I cycle back over the same topics again and again. Um, and to be honest, if you ask me questions about the world, I'll be able to give you more details because I don't know the details okay. yet. Um, but as soon as I start thinking about them, I'll know it. So we'll just kind of get going. Uh, so we start with the geography yep. of the world, right? Okay, this world is Earth. Uh, I, I don't mean to be super duper lazy about it, uh, but this is Earth. Uh, this is after all the humans are gone. Um, there are no humans anymore. There are some living animals, uh, but none of them are sentient. 
um, beyond what you might find in a normal cat or dog. So we are living in the normal world. Uh, I will talk about a little bit of the geography of but the world. Just though. really quick, I um, want to say, you, f- you said, oh, I hope we don't have very similar worlds, but so far we have a very similar theme towards... My, my oh, no. Okay, in, well, in hopefully end, you haven't... Yeah, co- so anyways, continue. Uh, the world's geography in terms of like where mountains are and lakes are, all of that is fairly similar. Um, imagine... The world as you know it um but some things aren't in the same places okay. as they used Ooh. to be cities are not where they Ooh. used to be because cities are no longer simply cities in a single place and i'll definitely get into that next part pretty soon but the fact of the matter is is the buildings have gained oh wow okay now we're completely and different all of that <laughs> uh so the buildings have sentience and so where you might find New York is no longer New York. Where you might have found South Bend or anywhere else, Sandusky or California, you know, the big, the big known cities, the small cities, they're not where you think they okay. are. But they are places, and so they are where they are. It's just not where we think they should be. So this is like a very Howl's Moving Castle type thing, right? Um, sort of. The fact of the matter is it's not like the buildings uh, up in your okay. legs and are starting to walk around. Buildings are okay. buildings. So the Sears Tower looks like the Sears Tower. The Eiffel Tower is the Eiffel Tower. Um, your house is your house. Okay. But, and this kind of goes into the lore of the world that I have now. But um, back in Ireland, especially that time... You gave a place a name because it was significant. The problem is, is we got it backwards. We didn't give a place a name because a place is significant. We made the place significant by giving it a name. And humans are very good at naming everything. Whether it's by, you know, um, personifying a washing machine because it's a grumpy old cat. Or uh, turning a light pole into a smiley face. People turn things and places and creatures into something by naming them. And so now, without humans there using up the power of name, because we name everything, the power of names now go to the things that are already named, and they're maintaining their names. So, So that's what's happening, and that's how these buildings and places have gained sentience and freedom to use the power of a of a name. Which allow allows something to g- gain life. But well, here's a set on yes. Earth. But because of the names, the cities have gained sentience and have moved somehow. We don't. I personally well, don't know yet. But yes. Um, and the thing is, buildings don't move in the same sense of time as we do. So we would never, if you were to sit there and watch, it's kind of like a, a weeping angel. Oh, when boy. you're not looking, it moves. <laughs> um, but it doesn't move because you're not looking. It just simply is where it is because a place is a place, wherever that place is. So if that place is here or that place is there, that is where it is. Okay. I think as we go further in, I will understand it better. But right now, I'm like very abstract, abstract mode. <laughs> right. Yes, a little bit. Okay, so that's okay. So, so tell me, tell me about your Earth. Okay, my basically Earth. Okay, so I'm going to do this in story form as I've been known to do. So we are going to be um, hearing excerpts from the memoirs of Charles. Uh, sorry, Oscar Charles, which were penned by Jessica C. P. Mannequin. Um. Okay, so story. 
As far back as I can remember, our world has always been like this, but the historians who came before me say that this world changed after a meteor hit causing the great crater on the other side of our planet. Remnants of the meteor still exist, and that is what continually produces the energy source making this world what it is today. No one lives near the crater due to the massive amounts of radiation, but this side of the planet is densely populated. I have not seen much of the world as I am not very mobile, but I have been told that the world is full of life and beauty. Maybe one day I can see more. The humans will see the radiation as being a curse, but I think it is absolutely beautiful. With the view from my office, you can see the sky day and night. The sky is no longer blue, but it is iridescent like a soap bubble. It displays a rainbow of color in the bright sun during the day, and at night, you can see the stars through the shimmering sky. So um, a quick explanation for this is that the planet where our story takes place is a planet similar to Earth that acted as an annex planet for humans. Earth was becoming overpopulated, so the humans found many other planets to continue living on. This planet had the same properties as Earth, which allowed the humans to continue living as if nothing happened. Um, the world keeps the seasons of Earth, but it does not have a harsh winter. So think of it as living in the south, pretty much like Georgia, Florida. So like it does oh. get cold, but it doesn't like snow. It doesn't freeze over. So it's pretty much like a, I would okay. say the worst it gets is like low 60s, 50s at the very lows. So a uh, uh, fairly tropical type. Place. Yeah, it's, it's warm. And I, <laughs> this is like the like laziest story of telling, but um, so so this was all this is how the world was until it was hit by the meteor which changed the world forever the meteor caved in about a quarter of the planet so from space you can see the great crater no one lives in this area due to all the radiation coming from the meteor the radiation has caused the sky to change colors as well as the water so like it would be like looking at a soap bubble so it's very iridescent and that is all i got for my world geography any questions uh no not yet uh though i do have to ask how the radiation occur you said a meteor hit yeah meteor hit meteors radioactive let's just call the meteor radioactive okay the meteor was radioactive and thus it changed the entire environment of your yeah, world yeah and we'll get to the changes really cool. in the next section but your turn again okay so at this point it's time to start talking about the plants on my world um the thing about names is it gives great power to things um and buildings don't have caretakers to prevent things from growing uh the plants haven't necessarily become sentient because they were not as personified as places and things like that would become um but they are a important resource for the buildings despite the fact that there's no builders to build um, so you see these tall, tall towering, you know, towers, you see, oh t God, towering towers. <laughs> Tower. Oh God, what was I thinking? It's like a very Christmas uh, song, you, eight towering towers. Sprawling suburbs, uh, herds of suburban homes, uh, you see, you know, big hulking buildings in all shapes and sizes, and all of them are generally covered with some kind of ivy or plant life. Uh, things are growing up in the eaves and things like that. But the thing is, is that the buildings feed on it. Okay. In a very strange way, they it's kind of a symbiotic kind of thing. Uh, so as a as a plant 
grows on something. Um, it, ha it has a place to grow and thrive and the ability to transport itself to all sorts of different places because the places are wherever the places are. So the place is here. That's where the plant is growing and, and, and uh, sending out its seeds. If it's all the way over there, it is now, you know, pollinating other things. Okay. Um, when the buildings decide it's time to add to the herd, um, then they absorb the nutrients and things like that from the plant, which almost prunes it down to a much smaller amount, uh, absorbing its material in it so that it can create more suburb, okay. for example, if we're, if we're talking about those. Uh, you'll find that the bigger buildings don't rely on plants as much. They require too many resources to reproduce that way. Um, okay. But plants kind of live in... Uh, there's, an, there's a set of plants that live in a coexistent, harmonious way uh, with the buildings. Okay. And then the rest of the uh, flora is, is fairly similar. Um, though the in, um, amount of flora is nothing that humans have seen. Because the power of names have been taken on by the buildings instead of the plants. And so the things that were named don't have the power anymore, so they aren't thriving. Okay. So instead, the unnamed things are taking up the power of naming, um, even if they can't name themselves, and buildings can't name themselves. Um, so plants that we've, we had never discovered, uh, and therefore never named, now are coming into prominence. Okay. Because names give power. Okay, cool. What, I mean, ask yourself this question in terms of philosophy. When does life start? Like, uh, you start to live when you are named. Oh no, we are you know, about to get into conversations that I am uncomfortable with. In, in my world, <laughs> uh, a, a thing is given life by given a name, okay. and especially inanimate objects. Yeah. I mean, people and animals are one thing, but a thing gains life. A yeah. thing gains yeah, no. that that semblance of being part of our world by having a name. Okay, you know, uh, and so you know, if I named my car Susan suddenly that has a life to it that it didn't have before it was named Susan, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get um, that. And things with names that are unique, like the Sears Tower, the Eiffel Tower, that has greater naming power than, say, 123 Jackson Street. Okay. That has less naming power. Um, so in this case, the plants that are most plentiful in this world are things we, that humans never discovered. Okay. That humans never named. And with, because without those names, they didn't have power when humans were around. But the, the things that named them before are gone. And so the things that were unnamed are now taking the power of the name. So okay. now it's becoming plentiful. It doesn't look like the earth of before because there's flora and, and fauna that we've never seen before. Okay. So, okay. So the thing, so when humans left, the things without names, they basically grew power because they did not have a name before. If I did, I get that before correct? the things that yeah the things that were named lost the power because the things that named them weren't naming them anymore. Okay, okay, so yeah, so the things that named them, the things that gave them the power left, so they lost some of that power. While the things that didn't have names, they gained the powers because okay, okay, I think I think I'm sorry. The, the, the power there's this a finite power of, amount of power of names in the world. Um, I mean, you can only remember so many people, right? Yeah. The, the, the power of and life in this world can only give to life to so many things. Um, and certain things gain more life power than others, uh, depending on size and importance. You put a lot more thought into the flora part of this world than I did. Um, so I do my flora and fauna together. So do you have 
um like a thing that you want to talk about with the animal life to be honest i didn't give a damn about the animal life. okay good because <laughs> i i needed i needed a way for my for my sentient beings to reproduce and so i cared about what the flora was doing i didn't okay. care what the fauna was doing because the buildings don't care about meat okay so cool. they're they're essentially ignored so did the animals just die off or what happened to the animals I mean, the, I mean, the animals are there, I oh, guess. Okay, yeah, you said that earlier. Uh, they're just, just unimportant okay. to the build the, 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 the now the powered named sentient beings in this world. The anim- I mean, the animals felt the same uh, loss of power of naming without humans to who had power over naming. Now they no longer po- now the things that used to have power over naming are no longer there. The things that had named lost their power, so they fell. While the things that had never had names gained power and evolved and became more like because many of the things that weren't named are things like small creatures that aren't aren't easy to find or or in the or in the or in the places that are unsearched um those things obviously evolve with time because this is not a world that is just a couple years old this is a world that's millennia old okay oops well mine's the more opposite but we'll get to that in my society history um i will go (laughs) ahead and do flora and fauna this is my this is always my shortest section i think in one of the later episodes we were talking it's just like yeah no one really cares about making animals and i i try but i just can never be super creative so here i go flora and fauna this is still from the excerpts from the memoirs of oscar charles so the radiation from the meteor was enhanced by the sun and strengthened by the iridescent atmosphere or some other sciencey mumbo jumbo that I don't quite understand. But what I do okay. know is that the plant life on this planet did change. Everything became much more colorful and flourished greater than it ever did. The flowers are now rainbows and the trees blossom fruits of all shapes and sizes. This world creates such beautiful produce. The humans immediately began harvesting it using whatever tools they could. Though, because this was a foreign world, not many animals existed on it. Despite that, the water was filled with aquatic life. Sorry, I have a lot of spelling errors. <laughs> um, due, <laughs> Shame on you. Due to the radiation, there was new species of fish, but we usually do not explore the waters. The humans did bring animals along with them to use as food and help sustain the world around them. There were many farms, but that all changed not too long ago. For some reason, the radiation did not affect the humans or the animals that they brought with them. The reason will remain a mystery to the scientists and even to me. After all, I am just an office chair. And that will be the end of my flora and fauna section. <laughs> a twist! <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, that's really yeah, so cool. I wanted to I be. I wasn't sure where, where who this person was or where he was coming from. So I wanted to be a little bit cle- like a little bit clever, a little bit punny with this. So the name of the author of these memoirs is Oscar Charles O.C. Office Chair, and then oh my god, yeah, right. Oh my god, yeah. I, 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 I get the, I get this from your sister, by the way. Like she's rubbed off on me. Um, and then it was the memoirs were <laughs> penned by Jessica. CP mannequin, which is JC Penny's mannequin. So, <laughs> as you'll see in my society history, I don't like, know that I want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the puns are a little too powerful. I am, I am strong with puns, but you know, it, it's gonna be fine. We'll, we'll make it through. Um, so okay, yeah, so 
like I said, my flora fauna sections are always the smallest part of this. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, so due to the radiation, flowers, like, they grew, like, basically grew and flourished. And we'll see a little bit more of what happened to the flowers. Um, the humans brought animals with them as produce because this world didn't have the same type of animals. And it was very scarce animal-wise. So, um they brought their own, but the radiation did not affect the humans or the new animals. And that is all I got for that section. My society has... Wait, so the radiation didn't affect animals or anything like that? No, it... We'll, we'll, we'll see what but it affected. humans are scared. Yeah, so it just... the It didn't affect the animals or the plants. The humans started to harvest the fruit from the plants, but it didn't affect them for some reason. But we, you know, we're going to leave that out of mystery. Um, the humans, like, because they saw the radiation, they there was the radiation in the air, but it didn't change anything other than the plant life to currently in their eyes. So they didn't have any reason to worry about the radiation or try to do tests on it. I have a very specific, like, point I want to get with this world, and it's, I did very little work. So. Oh, boy. All right, so I guess uh, society history then. Yep. Okay, I've gone into this a little bit. Um, so, you know, the, the, the history of this, this world is that naming has power. Um, giving something a name, especially an inanimate object that does not previously have life, in some way creates a life in it. Um, you know, you name your car Susan, for example. And... Humans became so proliferate at naming things uh, that things that wouldn't have names gain names. And the thing to think about and thing to remember is a name doesn't have to just be like Tom or Susan or even something as significant as a Sears Tower. A name can be something like 123 Jackson Street. That in itself is a name. It's not as powerful a name because it's, a, you know, like there's also a 124 Jackson and a 126 Jackson Streets. Um, but it does have some significance. So what happened to the population is that humans, for one reason or another, are no longer there. And to be honest, I don't care how they disappeared. They could have killed themselves by over uh, developing the world mm. and the climate change destroyed them all. <laughs> Which is my favorite way to kill off humans. It really is. Uh, climate change killed them. That's, that's not canon. Um, so it's gone. Uh, and, you know, technology is not, it's not changing anymore because there's no longer people developing. Um, but with that naming power sitting in the names of these places that still have names, even without the people being there, because they're different in significance. I mean, you can call a weasel a weasel, but every single weasel is a weasel. Yes. There is only one Sears Tower. Okay. There is only one Eiffel Tower. So that they did not of. lose as much of the naming power, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so places like the Eiffel Tower and the Sears Tower and, you know, big stadiums and things like that, they they became very, they started to gather the power of naming because their names were so big and so strong. And uh, they, over time, you know, buildings degrade, cement falls, things like that. Um, they, as the more dominant life forms now that have the sentience, uh, tend to feed off the suburbs, um, which are the more generic names and are almost like herd animals. Um, they have some sentience, um, not as much though. 
uh, accepting collectives as suburbs.、Oh. So a suburb named Swanson Highland as a collective has more intelligence, like almost like a beehive,、okay. compared to a single house. Out in the middle of nowhere, so like a country ranch is not going to have nearly significance of sentience. It still has some, but it's like a it's like the difference between a I don't know what's a stupid animal, a fish and a cat, I guess. Yeah,、um, a goldfish and a cat because goldfish have that five、yeah. second memory. Yeah, so a, a ranch house all by itself is like a goldfish in terms of sentience. It has、okay. some, but not much. It doesn't have much personality. It doesn't have much life force driving its name.、Okay. Um, suburbs as a collective have far more than their individual and the individual buildings within. So in terms of population, it's actually fairly steady、uh, because they're dependent on the fawn on the flora growing on the herds, which allow them to reproduce. Okay. Um, so a and it's, it's it's essentially asexual reproduction. It's、uh, and it's not even like you see the the house become、uh, like divide itself. It's not like you're making replicas of itself. It's、uh, at some point the herd、uh, the home、uh, has enough flora on it to be able to utilize that that material and create a new home to join the herd. Okay. Its own home, its own existence, and the the suburbs are getting names. They they have enough ability to add names to it. It's just like adding another digit to、uh, a list.、Okay. So it's not like it's fair. It's not like that one's now named Sean out of nowhere. <laughs> If these are all Wildberry Courts and、uh, running horse drives, then it's just a simply another number in that suburb. Okay. Uh, depending on which family and the suburb it came from, the wild horse drive are all in. If you have to divide it by families, are a family together,、okay. so they create more wild horse drives.、Uh, while you know, Blueberry Hills、uh, creates more Blueberry Hills houses.、Okay. Um, but humans aren't there to kind of be like, there's not enough numbers. Nobody cares anymore.、So、it's kind of、um, like meanwhile- mon- if Monopoly became. Like real life, so like you just add houses to park places, kinda. No, kind, yeah, a little bit. It is.、Uh, there, it, it, be, but the thing is, there's a finite amount of resources in the world, so it's not like you can eternally cr- generate suburbs. Meanwhile, the、uh, Sears Tower and things like that, they need to be able to rebuild their damage.、Okay. They don't reproduce. There's not a second Sears Tower that would divide the name of the pow the power of its name. Instead, it has to re- it has to it has to rebuild itself. It has to、uh, fix problems. So it absorbs parts of the herd of suburbs as sources of its material. It feeds on the on the suburbs. So you'll find big buildings near herds of suburbs、okay. in order to be able to feed on itself, and also so that the flora does not become overwhelming.、Um, The, the、uh, suburb will only get to be a certain size.、Uh-huh. A suburb can only become a certain size,、um, and the big buildings kind of help maintain the population of the herd, so they don't become overwhelming. Meanwhile, the、um, the、uh, herds maintain their size by feeding on the flora, and it just kind of cycles through and letting time kind of erode things as they go,、um, and that's and that's how kind of the population kind of like seems to be balancing.、Okay. Um, um, and that's how like normal normal forests are maintaining because buildings don't go far because they still have to have a place to be. Yeah. 
Um, so they might move around more open spaces where they can find themselves fitting because they had to keep their suburbs nearby because otherwise they will fall and they will no longer be named because they will become rubble. Okay. Interesting. Which the, which more lone homes, uh, feed on. And lone homes, the ones that are kind of like the goldfish, they feed on rubble of other broken down things. They're kind of like carrion. Okay. The... Thing so. that came to my mind was vampires, but you know, I also get. <laughs> well, we have to we have to understand that we're that this is a society built on buildings which are such different kinds of life forms yeah. from humans that it's no longer it's 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 kind of an osmosis kind of thing. Okay, it's not a visible osmosis because a place is a place until it's not a place anymore, and that's the thing you had to get in your head is like places are places no matter where they are. The Eiffel Tower, if it were in the Sahara Desert, would still be the Eiffel Tower. Just like the Eiffel Tower is the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Oh, yeah, no, I get that. So where the, where the place is doesn't matter because it's the place. Is that that yeah. that kind of making sense? Yeah, no, that, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm understanding. I got this. <laughs> okay. Is that your history? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my uh, my history. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think if if I have any questions. Let's pull up the list of other questions to see if I can form any. So, oh, great! There's only two questions on that list. Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I was looking at how things are like. Well, <laughs> how's the population growing or declining? It's not. Is there any technology? No. <laughs> it's and not like, quality no. of life wanes only if you're only with time. But then it rebuilds. Yeah, I just, I honestly don't think I've ever used that list for society history. I always just like, my stories usually come in the like form of the history of the world. So I always like building right. my worlds off of their history or, eh, sorry, not always that. But yeah, you'll see with this one, I kind of, I kind of clearly, I built the history of the world and then built the world around it because I was very excited about this idea. <laughs> so um, That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to go, and this is my longest section, and then my society current is very short, but yeah, this is my longest section. And also, I think this might be one of my shortest worlds ever, but anyways. Okay, society history continuing the memoirs of an office chair. So, I don't remember exactly when or exactly how, but I do remember becoming aware. I slowly became aware of the room I was in, and I saw humans come and go, not really ever acknowledging me. At this time, I did not try to reach out to them, as I feared I was not truly alive, and trying to communicate would just cause some sort of paradox. That all changed when a human came up and sat down on me. He sat there for a while, talking to one of his colleagues. I felt his sheer weight, and I could smell his awful odor. The sensations were overwhelming, but he continued to sit there. Finally, I had enough I had enough, and called out, Hey, get off of me! The human freaked. Knowing now what I know, that was a very understandable reaction. The humans rushed out of the room and then came back with even more people where they began to question me. Terrified, I answered all of their questions, and they informed me that I was communicating with them telepathically. It was not normal for an officer to talk to them, so that is why they were alarmed. This is the moment when I became the first sentient object. They had not yet had others like me, so they wanted to work with me and find out why I had suddenly gained sentience. I found out because I had wheels, I could move short distances. 
I was not just constrained to that room. This opened new possibilities for me. The scientists that happened to work in my building were certain that my sentience was due to the meteor and the radiation. Over the course of a few years, more and more objects became sentient. It started small at first, with the next sentient being being a lamp. After the lamp was a TV. From there was a refrigerator. Finally, even cars and other vehicles gained sentience. Despite us becoming aware and having minds and personalities of our own, the humans still used us as simple tools. We could communicate with the humans and tell them no, but they wouldn't listen and told us it was our purpose and duty to serve them. Humans still sat on me whether or not I wanted them to. At first, I was seen as an amazing advancement, but soon after, I was just a common chair. That's when me and many other sentient objects wanted to know what our rights were. Why was I not allowed to choose who sat on me and when they could sit on me? Why did I simply have to be used? Why did a refrigerator not get a say <laughs> on what food was placed inside of it? The fridge was the one who cooled the food and was the one who had to stand the smell when the food went bad. Why did the TV have to display shows that others wanted to watch rather than choosing what it wanted to watch? Why didn't the cars have the right to choose where they went on some days? Why did they just have to sit there and wait in a parking lot when they could travel anywhere? Did we have rights, or because of our nature, were we destined to be subjugated by mankind in order to provide services that they wanted? Could we not choose to do these jobs and then receive compensation for our actions? I formed a coalition of other sentient objects. Together with the sentient law books, I started to write a bill of object rights, and we took it to the courts. Our case was taken all the way up to the top where we were fighting against the whole planet for our rights. The case was not going in our favor until finally the judge took his gavel and slammed it down in order to gain control over the unruly courtroom. That's when the gavel cried out, OUCH! The case was won. We gained our rights to choose when and how we were to be used. We were then paid for our services like every other being on this planet who worked. More and more objects gained sentience and more and more objects gained their jobs of their own. The last to gain sentience were the mannequins and the dolls. Most of them could not move on their own, either not having movable limbs or being attached to posts, but there was a group of them that could move due to joints and moving parts. Because they looked like humans, the mannequins thought they should be treated as equals to humans, but unfortunately the humans refused. Others outfitted mannequins with limbs and joints to allow them to walk amongst the humans. They still did not have the same rights as humans, only being given clothes modeling jobs. But me and my group of law book lawyers decided to fight for them. They were like us, not living or breathing, but they could think. So in my book, Freddy, a philosopher, they were still alive. We once again went to court and went all the way to the top. But this time, the humans denied us. We lost the case. And due to this loss, the mannequins went berserk. They refused to contribute in any way to society. They stood there, silently taking, just taking up space. This created a rift between humans and object kind. Everyone took sides until finally the humans decided to flee as things became violent and dangerous. The humans were too afraid that the mannequins and us other objects would knock them out of power and enslave them as they had once enslaved us. When they finally left this planet, we were scared at first, but then we realized that we did not need humans to continue living on this planet. We were already the tools of life. So...
Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? I love this so much. It's the best thing. I was so fascinated by your story. I was just like sitting back going, yes. I did laugh, though, uh, at the Freddy the uh, Philosophy book. That's just, oh, my God. That was, for our dear viewers, I am I am on mini machines right now oh to try gosh. and th- get things to work. Bish. Because apparently microphones are... Uh, evil creatures who hate me yeah and in this world that could actually be a possible thing so, like no just the sheer amount of hoops we have to jump through just to make this episode is insane so please everybody who listens to this appreciate what we've done for you um so just quick i mean quote-unquote explanation even though it um pretty much explains this cell itself um the objects in this world gain pretty much the same like intelligence as humans um same right. sentience as humans so they can think read eh, okay but yeah they can think like some are more it's like the whole iq thing some have a higher iq than others so some are a lot smarter so we get like right. the lawyers yeah. in like the law books being lawyers and we get the office chair being very smart but you know some other objects say the cars might not be the smartest they might just want to just drive around and not like add to society so we got so we have the objects starting to gain the same intelligence as humans and while the humans mm-hmm. at first like you know thought it was really cool they're like okay office chair can talk cool but then they've like it stopped being such a great thing and they started once again using the office chair as an office chair and thus the office chair is like wait this isn't right i should be allowed since i have intelligence i should be treated as if i have intelligence and then it kind of spirals from I'm there i'm curious what's up I'm curious. Um, how are they compensated? Ah, you got you got me. Um, because <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, like an animal being compensated. We would, like would use that uh, currency to like buy toys and food and maybe their own easy chair if there was a dog and he just wants to have his own chair. Um, but I'm trying to think about what an office chair would need. And I'm curious, like, if I were to remove its cushion and replace it with a new one, did I just, like, maim him? Hmm. Okay, you know, we're going to, like, come up with this on the spot because that is actually something I didn't think too far in. So if we remove the office chair, is that... Maybe can you know? I think like if I if I were to l- I'm in an office chair right now, and I hope it doesn't hate me. Thank you for letting <laughs> me sit here. Uh, but if I were to example reupholster it and remove its cushion and replace it with a new one, did I just maim this office chair, or did I give it a haircut and style, and now it just looks different? So I think, and it's still with reupholstering and, I, and things like that. I think that. For my world, I'm going to just definitively say it. that would be like giving it a makeover, giving it like, you know, new okay. parts. But say if I was to, like you can see it, but viewers, can, uh, listeners can't. If I was to take the arms off my chair or remove one of the wheels, that would be like maiming the chair. So I guess okay. the base, the very basis of the chair is like its body itself but like with the um leather upholstery that part is more of like the outward appearance so that's i would say hair um hmm, i'm trying to think of another like a a car like if a car got at a crash like that would be like the same way as a person like breaking a bone but if we like paint it the car or put a spoiler on it would be yeah that would not be maiming changing its tires would be kind of like giving it a workout yeah. or like uh i don't know what what kind of things do you replace on your body 
can't replace. <laughs> yeah, you don't re- really replace. Yes, yeah, so, I guess. I don't know. Maybe giving you like a donor organ, like removing your gallbladder because it went bad, but then like getting a new one. Well, that would be. I guess would be, be more you like. You would a, never give yourself a new gallbladder, but yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, so I would. I guess you know, this is supposed to be a fun world, but now I'm having to think. Darn. Um. Well, I'm oh, no, sorry. You're the one with like the rebellion. Yeah, in it. Dude, I, I just have. <laughs> I just have beings that eat each other. Dude, I I had to have the uprising of. Um, so, hmm, so compensation, that was the question. So how are they compensated? I guess compensation would be like, I guess it would still be a form of money in like currently in this society history would still be a form of money. So the office share would have like money afforded to its account. So therefore it could buy things that it needs. So let's say it could get reupholstered. It could, um, buy a new off, like a nice office with the view or buy, um, a painting or something like for its office or for itself so it could do things like that i guess since they don't need to really eat or breathe they don't really need food they don't need like i i don't know um and i wonder if that might be part of the problem that they experience is because they don't need to eat or breathe that they were like put in maybe more dangerous situations Mm -hmm. than humans who couldn't and thus wanting to have rights of not i guess why do we have to go, like, say, why do we have to go into this volcano with a normal human who doesn't feel the heat, well, who does feel the heat wouldn't have to do this? Like, we're still risking right. ourselves. So, yeah, it's that kind of part of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. And I know our viewers can't see us. I know you, Jordan, can't even see me right now, but my cat just uh, jumped on my desk and started pawing at your face. <laughs> Um, she's just kind of batting at you. It's kind of hilarious. I feel like everybody needs to know this is happening. So imagine a TV screen, guys, and a beautiful fluffy cat just jumped up and started poking at somebody's face um, and biting at it and then turning and looking at me going, Why? Why? <laughs> Why is this person not here? How is this not working? Get it for me, Mom. So, all right, well. And now she's going to crawl in my lap and, and knit on my legs and it's going to hurt and I'm going to cry. Oh. I love you, but you hurt me. <laughs> uh, so that was my society history, and now society current for you. Also, do you have a story with yours? Because my world was kind of the story. Um. So I don't really have a story, because the thing is about these places and these buildings is they don't communicate with each other, okay. if that makes yeah. sense. It's not like the Sears Tower calls out to the Eiffel Tower and says, hey, man, um, I'm going to come through your territory. Just wanted to make sure it was cool with you. I promise not to eat your suburbs. And the Eiffel Tower goes, nah, man, I hate you. Let's go to war. Uh, <laughs> it's like these things have sentience. And the, and the, the thing about the places okay. is they're places with, and that has significance. But they don't, they don't create their own stories, if that makes okay. sense. They do travel. They do. They do experience new places um, that aren't places like their places. Like they, 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 they travel to experience new sites and to make sure they're like traveling nomadic tribes. Okay. You know, it, ca- all these, all these significant name places like the Sears Tower have its little suburbs as its like herds that it keeps, and it might have some smaller buildings that help maintain the the. Uh, the herds that are named buildings that aren't as significant. So, like the um, 
I don't know, think of a public library in your hometown. Um, that has a name, but it's not as big of a name okay. um, like the Tut Library or the Francis Library. Um, those don't have as a significant name as, say, the Sears Tower because it's not as well known, but it was still a significant name. It's very different than 123 Jackson Street. Uh, so it's a smaller name, but still a so it's subordinate. So I understand like that they have a different style of living, but would this be kind of the same way as we view celebrities almost? So, like, a named building? No, no. So. No, they're like nomadic tribes. um, Where the suburbs are kind of like cattle. And um, there's usually a single significant building with a few minor significant buildings, like a named library or a community center, which has a name. Okay, so it would be more like a a chief is to a tribe. Which was your exact right. example, and I literally just my mind. <laughs> right, um, and so it, it's kind of like that, and so the significant places, like the lar- like the Sears Tower, tries not to associate with the other significant buildings okay. because they will they need their herds of suburbs to survive. They need to subsist on them because if they were to get in repair, if they were to get damaged by winds or difficult terrain, or whatever that looks like, um, they would need to be able to absorb some of their herd in order to be stay safe. And if two very large buildings are near each other and they want to be in the same location as places, it's not like they can communicate to each other, hey, I want to be over there, I'm going to go over there, don't come over here because I'm there. They can't do that. So what you'll find is when places have run into each other, you are more likely to find rubble, which is the which is where the significant buildings fall. And I, I think of rubble as with a big R, okay. not just the plain old rubble. Okay. Because this rubble is significant because it is the the remains of a, of a named place, okay. of a, med- uh, a significant named place. Um so there's no way for them to be like warning each other, and so when they collide because they want both want to be in the same location, two places can't coincide because okay. they're two different places. The Eiffel Tower cannot be where the Sears Tower is, and so if they were to collide, they would collide and they would become rubble because that would inflict significant damage. The only difference would be if a minor significant, a minor named building like a, a local library were to displace in the same place as another library, okay. um, then they could usually be small. Between the two of them, their damage would be smaller. So they're more the the bigger one with a bigger name, maybe the main library compared to a branch library. The main library would survive it, okay. and, but they would have to absorb some of their own herbs, which are, they're supposed to be looking after and maintaining as a central point as opposed to using the herd there because they're supposed to manage the herds for the 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 great name building um so they don't have religion they don't have any kind of communication with each other or any records or history um but when they interact it is some of the I guess there's some hierarchy even to the named places, like the Sears Tower and Eiffel Tower has have greater significance than, say, the Jefferson Building, yeah. or which is not an insignificant building in you know in a in a given town. The Jefferson Building might be the center of, that might be the center of commerce in that town, so it's not an insignificant place. Um, but in terms of significance, it's less than the Sears Tower, which is, has greater significance. Okay. Um, 
So the greater significant places like the Sears Tower can be aware of its surroundings okay. to a greater degree than the smaller significant places, even though... And so, like, they are able to better avoid it, but they tend to have bigger herds. So it's hard to definitively avoid each other. Um, so some herds kind of mix together, but somehow the names tend to, at least the streets, Wildberry Court or Running, Running Horse Lane, they can somehow manage, even in a mixing of herds, still all come out intact. Okay. Um, even if they end up in another pers- in another suburb, the the street itself, all of the houses, no matter how strewn out they were amongst the suburbs, they all somehow end up in the same herd together. Okay. So all the wild berries are together. The wild berry is not over in Sears Tower, and, and another wild berry is not out in um, the Eiffel okay. Tower. They they somehow manage to stay together without communication. Okay. Yeah. So. This, this is they, they they have meaning to life and they and they and they can appreciate the views that they do in the new locations that these places now become and yeah. are at um but and so it's it's not like they're all just you know mindless animals like they manage each other like the name places manage the less significant places who manage the herds who are definitely less connected um but that's kind of how it goes there is a hierarchy. They're, they're, they are caring for their suburbs. It's just they have no care for the other nomadic tribes. Um, so there, there's connected between the, 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 the tribes, essentially. Um, but there's not, there's not communication between the tribes. They are completely alien beings to each other, even if even though the materials are the same. Okay. If that yeah, makes sense. That. Um, so are you done or is there more you wanted to add? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's that. the thing is with my world, this is not a whole lot of community or connectedness mm-hmm. so um in terms of that that's that's really the extent no, of I, it i liked it i i do like that world it's it was a bit more abstract to get a hold of at first but i do like that it kind of i mean have you ever played the game shadow of the colossus i've seen yeah people play so it. it like i'm not gonna say it reminds me of that but like the way that the buildings interact with the world around it kind of reminds me of how the colossus like they just move from place to place not really worrying about like any not eh, how, how do i explain this yeah they move from place to place no, without it, like guess... they're not mindless because you could tell that they have some sort of like purpose some sort of thought of but they do move from place to place without like caring about the things around they don't care yeah, about they, the trees they, yeah, they, don't they don't care, care about, about the, the trees. Rab- rubble around like them. the only time you see them like care about the world around them is when you go and attack them in that video game and it's like so if something was attacking right. that world, I feel like right. would, well, it was attacking your building, it would have some reaction. But since all the humans left, there's probably not going to be any attacking. There, there's not a whole lot of of uh, woodpeckers that are killing yeah. uh, houses. No. If, yeah. like, right now, the thing that they run into that damages them and might create rubble are things like like hurricanes yeah. or okay, tornadoes. Yeah. Um, that tends to create rubble. Um, and then the but you know, in a lot of ways. Um, that might cause of a shortage in suburb, and so they might have to really dedicate a lot of plant growth, and so they might go to places that make it easier okay. to grow plants. So they might transport their place to a different place in order to give the plants enough time to grow in abundance enough for the herds to rebuild, um, and then kind of try because you can't stay in those places; those places become crowded. Yeah. So they almost have to migrate to make sure that they aren't running into other herds, other tribes. Oh, yeah. um, 
So, but like, it's just like a, a watering hole in the desert. You can't all just stay there because other people need it. And if, but if you were all to use it at the same time, it would go dry or you would end up killing each other over the scarcity of resources. Okay. Um, in this case, the scarcity of resources is the location, the space, because the two places cannot coincide. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. It's a very, very creative world. Yay. Um, I got very excited yeah, about no, it, it, so. Now I'm just thinking of Shadow Claws. But no, I really, I really liked your idea. It was definitely way more out of the box than I would have thought. Like, you saw where, you saw where <laughs> I went. And as I, like, as I was, um, preparing this, I'm like, ah, crap. I think I just made Disney's cars. <laughs> Oh no! Don't say that. Yeah, I really, I really like yours. I, I was, I was really scared of doing something like that, like making a brave little yeah, toaster yeah. or a Toy Story. I was worried about doing this. I was like, I have to make it something entirely. Different. I decided to like take that sort of idea and like do my own take of it and like the rights of the individual objects. So I'm gonna do my society current yeah. right now. Um, I had one more thing yeah. to say, but now I like completely blinked on it. Well, I will hopefully say later. Um, so anyway, so here's my society current. Yet another short section. Like I said, this is one of my shortest worlds. Um, so after the humans left, things did degrade, yes. But we still carried on. We all had the ability to communicate telepathically, so there was never a communication barrier. We set the farm animals free, as we did not need food to sustain ourselves. The animals left the city and did what animals do. The plant life continued to grow. It grew so much that it began overtaking the city. So it was up to the mannequins, those who had mobile mobile dexterity, to help sustain the upkeep of the city. At first, the mannequins objected, but then they accepted the idea that they were the only ones who could do the job. The mannequins who were mobile used tools and technology of the humans to make those who were not mobile like them. They took the place of the humans who left. Only this time they worked with us, rather than telling us our jobs. I was happy to be in office chair during mannequin meetings, just like the chainsaw was happy to work with the mannequins to cut down trees. We all assumed our separate jobs. Mannequins worked with us to maintain the city. Those of us with the knowledge made laws that would reinforce and maintain the peace of our society. We are all tools, so we all have our use in society. The cars and vehicles transport those who need it from place to place and all around the world. The televisions and media devices work on reviewing and showing the histories so that we can learn from the human's past. Books and writing utensils decided to start writing down our history, starting from the day that the humans left. My memoirs were included in the histories. My job, of course, is making sure that all objects, no matter what, have equal rights. My group of law book lawyers hear all sorts of cases, and we take these to the gavel who acts as judge. As the radiation spreads, more and more objects gain sentience. It is our job to continue to integrate them into our society and find a job that job that they can do. Um, we work with each object rather than forcing them to work. Life is constantly changing, but we will change with it. And that is our world. My world. Oh my god, I love that. I love that so much. I really like this idea because when I think of the um sentient non-human sorry, yeah, sentient non-human objects, I like my mind instantly goes to Toy Story, instantly goes to Brave Little Toaster. Now that I yeah. think about it, it goes to cars, even though 
I don't know if I've ever gone candid mode, but I do not like cars at all. <laughs> like that movie, that movie drives me insane. But um, yeah. So I like I decided to like try to take that sort of like that take of it and make it into something that hasn't really been explored before. Because right. you go into toy like Toy Story with the toys, they kind of grow with their idea of oh, we're here to make children happy. Does an officer is it officer's true like idea if it became sentient to want to have me sit on it all day like i get it i'm heavy i smell what did office chair want me to sit on it and so i kind of went oh ooh, babysitter <laughs> okay <laughs> ooh, yeah and then we get into a completely and then we get into a completely <laughs> different sect of this world which is just like yeah oh lord imagine all those bdsm toys oh god like literally that's exactly where my brain just went it's like oh yeah what about that part of the world ooh. Yikes. Yikes, <laughs> Lou. <laughs> Let's just say those objects never gain sentience. I imagine. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. If that's what you need to like sleep tonight. <laughs> I think I will. I think, think I will need that. Yeah. Uh, man, I was hoping that we, like, because Cody always turns my world into something like that. I was hoping we would avoid that for once, but no. I, I had to fill yeah, you, you had you have, so you have big shoes to fill and you're, do, you're doing a great job and I have big feet so that works oh <laughs> 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 uh, but okay so this last part is a story and you and okay I'm gonna be like you told your story you hush <laughs> yeah, and listen exactly. to me that's exactly uh, <laughs> what I do with the, these episodes but as, as I've been kind of talking I've been thinking like this is a world without communication this is a world without creating a history these are all nomadic tribes who are unengaged with mm-hmm. each other but the fact of the matter is is that some buildings are too tall oh some buildings fall and i mean imagine like how some of some of those buildings how much plant life how much it takes to survive and it's just a really brief short story about witnessing the fall because all these things are in locations and the places in these locations can see other locations, other places. Um, because places tend to butt up against each other. Mm-hmm. And there was a small herd uh, associated with a smaller town's named building. We'll call it the Jefferson Building. Okay. And the Jefferson Building had just moved back into the uh, growing area, the growing mm-hmm. place. Because um, it doesn't really have a good name for it. Um, but it used to be the Midwest. It's a pretty good place to grow things. It's uh, plains worth, uh, especially viney, shrubby plants have greater ease growing. Okay. Um, lusher places tend to have too many trees that make it so that not a whole lot of places can fit. So the bigger plains are the better places to try and grow to, to, for your growing area. So the Jefferson Building has taken its small herd. It has one or two small um, annexy kinds of libraries that kind of oversee its small herd of suburbs. Um, this collection of, of, of houses that aren't really a properly named suburb, so it's not a very intelligent herd, um, but there's enough to sustain uh-huh. them. And the, the library and the uh, utilities building um, are wise enough and, and intelligent and sentient enough to be able to care for them properly. Okay. And so the Jefferson building has moved to the uh, growing place. 
and it witnesses many of the larger places there. There is a mixing of herds, and though the Jefferson Building knows it can never, it can never go and take enough of a suburb to grow itself bigger. And it has seen a few, a few buildings have grown um, themselves um, by sacrificing okay. their herds, by absorbing another, another place's herds. Um, it knows itself that that would make it prone to for attacks. So it stays on the edge of the growing area. Um, and coming into the growing area, it sees the, the Sears Tower come. The Se so the Sears Tower is coming. Um, and it finds its way to a small space to the side. So it, its place will not be where the Sears Tower wants okay. to be. Um, but also coming into this big patch of area, and there's not many, it's that time of year, and many, many places need to grow. Um, and so there's, you, he, it, it sees another place come, and it is, it's the Empire State okay. Building. And it's a much bigger place, and its herds are far more sprawling. And while herds can intermingle fairly easily, all they have to do is change into cul-de-sacs, into lanes, into hills. Um, the the places that control these herds, they can only be in one place, but they are big. And the Jefferson Building, standing on the side, trying to keep its herds in a small space to the side to not be absorbed and therefore lose itself. It watched as the Empire and the Sears headed to the same area. And it watched libraries fall, books splattering to the side, half rotted. The Sears Tower and the Empire State Building were there, standing tall, and then they were rubble. Almost as if a giant child that used to walk, wander at talls had smashed toys together and left blocks scattered. Okay. Because they occupied the same space in an attempt to get the last place the last location in a place in order to grow their herds and their arrogance of being a significant building was their okay. undoing. So Jefferson building saw Sears and Empire fall and their herds were lost. These suburbs became unorganized. The streets fell and the smaller places began trying to absorb as many as they could um, and before the larger places saw this now, these two now massive sets of suburbs okay. free. Jefferson stole a place. He stole while well, he could. He stole Wildberry okay. Court. He grabbed Salmon Run and he fled. Now he did not need to grow more. He had more. And he needed to go before it was too late, and he became absorbed as they absorbed the rubble. Okay. And that—that's the story of the oh, world. Man. It's a brutal place. There's only so many places, and only so much growing space. Space is just as important as place. And the more sentient and significant you are, the more you you gain the foibles of having yeah. life. Which is arrogance and pride and selfishness. Yeah, no, I actually really like that story. I like how you tied that all together. I really like that. Yeah, no, good for your first world. Really good job. <laughs> well, first world on this show. Really, really good job. I really like where we went with this. Good job. Thank you, thank you. I, I found that I'm fairly good at creating worlds. If I will toot my own <laughs> horn, 
but once I've created it, I then abandon <laughs> it. Uh, I can't. I can't write more than a short little bit of the world. And once I've done my little picturesque, I could not. I could not tell you a story. Another yeah. story in that one. I. <laughs> I literally had to pull that story just out here and now. Um, I don't think I could create more than that. Oh yeah. Now I trust me. I completely understand that for some of the worlds I've made. It's, it's yes. Waving, waving <laughs> goodbye as we. Like in the episodes, like bye world, but yeah, um, no, good episode. Um, it's your turn, yeah. Sorry, wow, well, not a oh my god, yeah, you get, get the, roll the dice yeah, your first time you get the roll oh the dice god. for the new world. Um, I have ah. the thing open, the roll chart open if you don't, so you can just go ahead and roll. I do uh, actually. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure that the our world from before from this one have been kind of replaced. Um, and it looks yeah. like it is. Okay, okay. It's not so just really quick, because I, <laughs> it's an interesting list now because we've done a lot. But is there any world that you are afraid of doing? Oh boy, <laughs> there are a few um, now that I am very afraid of doing. Which critical fail number one? Didn't you already do? There is no land water world. There's no water and no land. We world. did. Didn't there you is, already do that one. We did. There is no land water world. We did not do. There is no water. Oh, a land yeah, so world inside. Oh, we okay. actually had rolled okay. that on a previous episode, but thought it was water world again, so we removed it. But then we put it back on, so we could actually do that eventually. But yeah, is there anything you were absolutely afraid of doing? Because I can tell you, number one, I'm afraid of, and number sixteen is one I'm afraid of. Oh God, I can't imagine figuring out right. how to do physics. Yeah, rethink physics um, and watch. You're gonna roll that one, and we're both gonna be screwed. <laughs> As much as I suggested uh, life is inorganic, I have no idea how to do that. Uh, that sounds like that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Watch well, yeah. me roll it. Oh, the, fate of, the fate of this podcast is in your hands right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. I wish I had an actual D20 here instead of a stupid app, but here okay. we go. Yep. Are uh, you ready? I'm rolling. Ooh. Okay, I rolled a two. Two. Um, we are really number two good. is two warring worlds and why they are warring. Oh my god, I'm gonna have so much fun with this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's been a good <laughs> episode. I'm excited for next week. Um, we'll figure out when we can record, <laughs> how we're gonna record. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna close out. Okay. Yeah. So you can find me on something. I guess zero zero at Twitch TV. Um. I actually just recently started streaming again. I think depending on when recording times are going to happen while Cody is gone, I think I'm going to start trying to regularly stream for at least an hour on Thursdays. So today I did an art stream where I just sat down, put some music on and um, drew some pictures while I talked to the chat. So that was fun. But yeah, you can check me out there. You can still check Cody out on the Wandering Gamer Network. He is gone from the show for the time being, but he is not dead. So you don't have to worry about that. Unless I kill him and take yeah, his space. That, that could mean, happen. But... but yeah, so check Cody out at Wandering Gamer. Check me out at something, I guess, zero, 0 Um, I still have a bunch of other projects I'm working on, so maybe one day they will come to light. Anyways, it's been fun. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.